Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Thanks, Neil. Welcome back, y'all. Another edition of the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and on the iHeartMedia app. Thank you for choosing us to get information about everything from the coronavirus to sports and politics. All of that good stuff right here in the kitchen waiting on you. And we got two hot ones to serve you today. How do you think hospitals are going to react and evolve and change and operate and all of those things after people start easing back into normalcy at a faster pace? Well, that's a good question. And we'll talk about that with Trey Nelson with the Baton Rouge General. He will be here with us in studio to talk about what's happening there. One of the first testing sites in the region happened here in Baton Rouge at that hospital or at the Baton Rouge General Hospital in the middle of the city. And it was the result of collaboration, leadership, and people just jumping in to deal with this reality that we were all becoming aware of with this coronavirus. And so we'll talk with him about that. Detective Chris Stewart retired from the Baton Rouge Police Department some time ago. He, at one time, was the president of the Union of Police here. Now he works at the legislature advocating on behalf of issues that involve law enforcement and unions from around the state. And he's not a big fan of someone at the Baton Rouge Police Department. Well, he and I are going to talk about that because he's going to be here in studio with me and we'll have a conversation. We'll also talk about the passing of another Baton Rouge police officer, Lieutenant Glenn Hutto, and Chris knew him. And so we'll talk a little bit about him. There is a memorial as we record this show this weekend at the Raisin Canes River Center that people can watch online by way of the Baton Rouge Police Department's Facebook page. And so Chris is going to step on into here and we are likely going to have a pretty aggressive conversation, but I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to it. So that's all to come. A lot of great information for you on the way Stay right where you are as the Clay Young Show gets off the ground. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting. Okay, is someone shot? Yes, someone is shot. The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young. Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before. Real stories. It was my first love. Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young, exclusively at podcast225.com. Have any of you out there experienced an unfamiliar sensation when you're out in your lawn or garden, and that's being bitten by a gnat? Because I have, but I know a guy who can help you with that. Oh, I can't help you with that. John Conroy is here. What do we do about gnats that bite? These are likely what they call buffalo gnats. Okay. They're in the black fly family, and yeah. they do bite yes, with they a do. vengeance. They'll attack yes. you. Yep. Uh, or it could be midges. If you're okay. in the yard and you're getting bit but, and you don't see anything, mm. they are either really tiny buffalo nets or midges. And the best thing you need to do is treat the entire yard 
with a liquid product. Okay, I know I can get this stuff from you. How hard is it to apply? It's like you can put it in a garden sprayer and you can pull the triggers. <laughs> I can it's do not that. I can do that. In the Baton Rouge area, where can I find Pest Stop? Well, in Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or give us a call with questions at 273-4788 because we can help you with that. The issues, the policies, the people. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with Trey Nelson, who is the special consultant and liaison for the Baton Rouge General. And I remembered all of that, so I got I got through it. And uh, he's here with us in studio to talk about the general system and what's been going on with it. As many of you can remember, when the pandemic was just beginning, the Baton Rouge General was the first testing site in the city. And the mid-city location on, on Florida Boulevard was where people were going with the direction of their primary care physician to be able to go and get tested to see if they had this virus. So, Trey, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you, Clay. I'm happy to be here. And let's start with that. The mayor was able to pull together a collaboration of healthcare professionals and other leaders to get this started, but kind of take us through the beginning stages of that and what that looked like. Absolutely, sir. And it's it's been a very interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Baton Rouge originally. Yeah. And I recently started working for the Baton Rouge General right at the beginning of January. Yeah. And when I first came on to the staff, the big thing that I was looking at was how can we make sure that the community is aware of what we're doing at Mid-City and the services that we offer. And then while we were looking at what that communication looked like and really reaching out and being a part of the community around us, the coronavirus hit. Yeah. Uh, And then the mayor used her leadership and kind of intuition to bring together all the hospital partners right. um, in a way that, you know, we've never seen before in Baton right. Rouge. And everyone uses the word unprecedented. I think it's it's just going to go in the in the textbooks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but she came together and said, hey, hospital partners, would y'all want to come together to create an emergency response right. to addressing the virus and making sure that we ramp up testing right out of the gate mm-hmm. um and baton rouge general woman's hospital our lady of the lake auctioner and uh the baton rouge clinic all came together and said you know what we're going to provide staff we're going to provide resources and we're going to provide a facility at the right. baton rouge general mid-city campus um so right at let's see i think the date was april no i'm sorry it was march 16th March. So that is almost two months ago as we are approaching the 16th of, yes, sir. of May right now. Yes, sir. So how's it been with with that adjustment to the regular operation of a hospital, having people being tested there, obviously treating people who have mm-hmm. contracted the virus? How, is, how has that been? Clay, it's been very interesting because there's a lot of dynamics that have gone into making sure all of this operates smoothly. And as yeah. you just said, making sure that patients who do not have uh, COVID-19 are also being treated. Right. Um, so before all of this kicked off, we were really focusing on at our mid-city campus specifically, you know, all the services we have with our imaging, our pediatric rehab, our cancer right. center, and uh, wound care. Because as you know, wound care is really big in this city and yeah. making sure that people with diabetes and other kind of uh, conditions have uh, our hyperbaric chambers that they could go into to save their limbs, mm-hmm. their skin regeneration, and everything. Um, so we were balancing, making sure that we were still providing all the services to that community, yeah. while also kicking off this testing. Um, and then 
eventually starting the surge hospital um, and we can talk about that too yeah but with the community testing site we pretty much stood up a full functioning outpatient testing site yeah at the campus um, which was very interesting because I think the Tuesday before we opened the following Monday, mm-hmm. uh, they started having conversations. And then Sunday they did a walkthrough, and then Monday we just jumped into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because with all this stuff, there hasn't been time to really sit down and say, you know, let's spend two months working out the kinks of all this. We right. just said, let's do it. Uh, so the first day was, it was interesting. We tested right at 183 people. Um, which, really? Yes. And that's 183 people generally with hospitals imagine you go to an urgent care right yeah. you, you need your id your insurance yeah. you need all these forms and all that yeah um we still needed that information from people but we didn't have the time to iron out the system that it was going to operate under right. by day one right um so i would say clay there were probably about 200 250 plus people that showed up that first day and the testing as i understood it in the beginning was uncomfortable because there is a the swab of the like the sinuses so the thing yes, went sir. almost up to the eyeball uh you, you know the, the socket and end there so <laughs> wow so for everybody who hadn't had to get tested you dodged a bullet but the testing has evolved some has it not it has so what is it now is it's how has it changed from that so we still use the mp swabs yeah. um and that's the swab that like yeah, you yeah, said goes yeah. in usually with nasal swabs you just swab around the nostril yeah, but yeah. with these MP swabs you're actually you're going further back Man. like you said yeah. um, and it's that has been a big learning curve for patients and people who have been swabbing luckily the swabbers know how to do it right um, but it's not it's, something you want to try at home it's it's not <laughs> and I'll tell you what I'm not clinical and, <laughs> and I've been wearing scrubs around the hospital uh, just to make sure I can kind of clean my clothes whenever yeah. I leave the test inside but I've told everyone just because I'm wearing scrubs does not mean you want me swabbing like, <laughs> that's, no it's <laughs> not at all not, that's because it's got to be the most uncomfortable thing. You know, mm-hmm. the general system in that part, the Baton Rouge General in Mid-City has been essential because it really is the largest medical facility in the northern part of the parish, the city now, rather. And how do you feel, how does the system feel about this, I guess, restatement of how important that hospital is to that area? Absolutely. I mean, you can look at it like a, a spark that kind of re-kicks off an engine. Yeah. And as you said, it's one of the oldest medical facilities in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And historically, it's been connected to so many things like polio response yeah, that's in the right. city and all these different things. And when we looked at this, we said, you know what? There's not time to think about what the long-term implications of any of this is going to mean. Mm-hmm. What we know right now is that we have an opportunity to be there for our community. That's right. And that's why with the testing site, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people every single day for that first week. And we were doing Monday through Friday, hundreds mm-hmm. of people. And you're also balancing a different staff from every hospital coming in each day. Right. So you have all these incredible learning curves, but through leadership and intuition from all the hospitals, Mm -hmm. we were able to put together a system that made sense. We worked with the testing labs. That was a whole dynamic of itself because every lab, whether it was private or public in the beginning, you know, it's just normal testing turnaround times. But when the lab started getting literally 10,000 tests a day from all over the region, uh, they were just hitting capacity. So we, we bounced around between a couple of labs, um, based off of, what the turnaround times were and all the lab partners were awesome. Um, but ultimately through trial and error and two months of operating, um, we're now working with the state lab. Okay. And we are 
using this really good system with them where turnaround times are it's like a day to two days. So we swap the awesome. body. It's great. Um, and they come in, you'll come get processed through a physician mm-hmm. sends the orders over there and then we swab them. We send the specimens over to the lab mm-hmm. and then by that afternoon, I mean, the lab pretty much has all the specimens collected and yeah. tested and they, they're giving it back to the people. You know, the first couple of waves of spikes and numbers mm-hmm. happened to be attributed to the results of testing coming back. And Absolutely. I remembered in one of the press conferences and then talking to people about how oh, this, there was this huge spike in aggressive growth. Well, actually, it was just us now knowing, having right. a better idea of who did uh, and, and didn't have this virus. So you're starting to see that I don't want to say flatten because that's a whole thing now with people talking about flattening the curve. Right. But it is it is in some ways stabilizing because we have a better picture. And I think the the way the public has gone about everything from social distancing mm-hmm. to hygiene practices being even more aggressive, that has impacted where we are with this now too, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's it's been really interesting because it's it's really been a uh, continuous process of making sure that the public is aware of exactly what's going on. Right. Like with uh, stay-at-home orders, yeah. for example. Yeah. The stay-at-home orders are not a, per se, long-term solution. Right. It was, hey, this is out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like we started testing, all these results are coming back, and you're seeing all these positives. And it's not because just overnight a yeah. bunch of people got positive. It's because all these people were positive. And, I mean, from what we're seeing with studies – there's there's reason to believe that this has been in Louisiana since the beginning of the year. Right. Maybe even December. Maybe even December. You know? Right. Um, I think that Mardi Gras probably played a big part in yeah. uh, some of the surge that we saw, not only in New Orleans, but also in Baton Rouge. Absolutely. Um, because of all the gatherings of people who are interacting with one another, exactly. unaware that they even had the virus. There may have been people out there thinking, oh, I've got a little bit, I've got a little oh, cold, yeah. but I'm going to go to Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember here the the city decided not to have the St. Patrick's Day parade mm-hmm. per usual. Turns out that might have been a really smart decision. Look, there were some very, very difficult calls that yeah. were made right at the beginning because we did not know, and we being the whole country, didn't mm-hmm. know everything about this virus. Right. But what we knew was that, wow, there's a high chance that this thing is out there. Mm-hmm. And any large communal gatherings of thousands of people like we have in Baton Rouge often um, could result in possible surges up and I, yeah. I you know said in jest a lot of people that Louisiana is one of the most difficult places for this thing to hit because everything we do is communal absolutely right? crawfish boils you're sitting there sharing crawfish and touching everything and this and, is the time of the year where people are the get are together the most at least in the first six months of the year everything yeah. from crawfish season to graduations right. and and, and you know, summer vacations would be mm-hmm. about to kick up like right in the next week or so. So this is a tough time. And then, you know, we always joke is down here. People are huggers. Oh, they're huggers. And, it's like, <laughs> and it's tough for people not to be able to hug people that they see. And, you know, you get some people now is like, I'll oh, screw it. They just still hug. It's like, but you know, what about that on the other side of this? And, and, but, but before we get to that, let's talk mm-hmm. about the other areas where testing is going on Absolutely. in the city. Yeah, so with the community testing site, it was always meant to be kind of an emergency response right? Um, to eventually give way to, one, not overloading the ERs, because the last thing that we needed were all the hospital mm-hmm. ERs overloaded, not just for the sake of the hospital, but also for the sake of the community, right? Um, because we didn't want a lot of uh, potential COVID outbreaks in the ERs, which mm-hmm. would have opened up a whole other plethora of issues. right? Um, but it also was in place to give 
some normal testing uh, facilities opportunity to uproot those. Right, right. Um, so what we've been doing is we've been working with the mayor's office and all the FQHCs across the city right. to uh, aid them with being able to provide normal testing. Because eventually, um, as you know, and you've probably heard a lot, the coronavirus isn't going to be gone Oh, no. You know, anytime soon. No, no, and it's it's here to stay. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're going to need the capability of being tested with almost the same level of uh, ease as maybe getting a flu test yeah. or like a strep throat test. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the urgent cares have been huge in this. Um, the FQHCs, I know that Open Health and uh, other clinics like out near Baton Rouge General Mid-City area, mm-hmm. for example, have now started doing coronavirus testing, right? Um, which is phenomenal. That's right. ultimately what we wanted. And the hospitals are also doing testing still. Right, right. So what is the reality for hospitals on the other side of this? The other side of this being we are starting to get back into some semblance of normalcy, a post-COVID reality Absolutely. Because that we're all going to be in basically for the rest of our days. But how does that impact what hospitals are going to be doing on a day-to-day when people start coming and going again and coming to have their medical visits? Because mm-hmm. that's going on now, but tell people how, how that changes how they come into facilities like the general. So that's one of the biggest things that we have been talking about since people have had a chance to kind of breathe after I'd say probably the first two to three weeks of response because initially it's just all emergency Mm -hmm. response Um, but then the question was look we need to make sure that we do not open up a world where there's a huge gap in healthcare uh, knowledge right where people aren't getting screened they're not getting mammograms they're not getting colonoscopies um, and you open up this world where someone's having a stroke, but they're not going to a hospital because right. they're afraid of getting the virus. Right. Um, so the hospitals across the board, I know at the general, we've taken a lot of measures to start, not just start prepping, but we're already doing it. Mm-hmm. So whenever we were given the thumbs up to uh, start doing elective surgeries, again, the hospital, we put a lot of measures in to where people who have COVID and don't have COVID have like different paths that they're led through throughout the hospital. We, right. We've ramped up all cleaning efforts in the hospital and cleaning efforts were already phenomenal just because mm-hmm. beyond the virus, I mean, there's plenty of viruses that we're constantly cleaning out of hospitals. Right. Um, so we are now doing surgeries um, as the economy is reopening and everything. We're doing all of our screenings. We're, we're returning to normal operations. So the biggest thing that we're telling the public is, hey, it's safe to go to a hospital. Right, and right. You know, there will always be a realm where we're dealing with corona patients with coronavirus. Sure, it's I mean, like the people. flu, right? Yeah, yeah. they, they yeah. are people. We, you know, it's interesting though it, it, because people are. I, I wonder about the impact on healthcare, cost of healthcare, mm-hmm. all of those realities that you deal with. Because we will eventually have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's it's going to happen. When it happens, I hope sooner rather than later but you do wonder about the clerical side of this as well because complicate is probably not the best word but it's 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 complicate how we we deal with mm-hmm. our, our health insurance and our medical business going forward would you agree with that absolutely and we've we have been very intentional about making sure that we're working very closely with the state to understand what new regulations are put in place, specifically around the coronavirus, because mm-hmm. when the coronavirus hit, it put this just curveball of pandemic no question. insurance yeah. into the picture. And insurance companies, hospitals, all these different groups have had to uh, really build out a model within their systems where they can 
uh, make sure that people are being covered for this. Right, stuff. right. Uh, but as far as your non-COVID related, like hospital expenses and everything, everything's staying the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we're now at a place where we feel very confident with our ability of keeping people safe in the hospital. You have visitor policies that are starting to return to the yeah. hospitals. And, yeah. you know, we want people to feel comfortable with, hey, if your loved one is having a medical condition that they need to be treated for, yeah, we want them to be able to come into the hospital, but we want you to also, as a family member, feel comfortable bringing them in. And that's where right. that visitor policy comes in. Right. Because if you tell people, hey, it's safe for your loved one, but not safe for you to come in here. Yeah. What's the message you're really telling them? Well, right. yeah. I mean, it, it is a double message. Right. Yeah. And you don't want people swinging by the hospital and dropping mama off at the front door and then and then leaving. It's like you can go in with with elderly relatives yes. because there are a number of people who are caretakers Absolutely. for older relatives and you could, you know, parents or whomever, and you can go in. Uh, is When you look back at everything from the basically the end of February to where we are now at mm-hmm. the middle of May, what could have been done differently? And, and people second guess the political part of this. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. I, I mean, from a communication standpoint to things that we, when you say, okay, now if, it, we, if we're ever faced with something like this again, we know that this is something we could do that we may not have done before. That's a fantastic question. <laughs> we try. I think that, I think transparency is the name of the game. Yeah. I mean, and with, when this first hit, I, part of my job is working with our business partners and keeping them informed about what the hospital's doing. And the first thing I did was tell them, Hey, here's what's going on. You know, we're putting all of our events on pause. We were planning a 5k that was going to happen right after the St. Patty's 5k and all these things. And I said, even though we're canceling the, or, you know, postponing these events until later notice, we, this is what's happening in the hospital because I wanted them to know this is exactly what's happening. And I think going forward when we're dealing with future pandemics or Mm -hmm. virus outbreaks, the more transparent we can be with the community, the better. Um, And I know that initially we were still getting information about this virus and everything, but the, that's why going forward, a big thing that we've been talking with the mayor's office and then all the other hospitals about is the fact that we need to let people know the virus is not going away. I agree right with you a million percent. You know, even though we're going back to society, yeah. it's not going. It's, listen, you have to treat people like adults. Mm-hmm. Give them the the proper information without any weighted hyperbole. Let them let them know because I think the majority of people will be responsible mm-hmm. with the information given. But if we there, I've I've spoken to people who believe that they may have had this last year. When you hear about what what it does to the body, people have said, you know, traveling and oh, yeah. you know, business colleagues who go to different parts of the country. And you think, and they're, you know, a buddy of mine just said to me not long ago, he thinks his wife had it in December mm-hmm. because of what was going on. So it, the, the, the general system, how healthy is it? Baton Rouge General and, and everybody, the years ago, people remember the transition the general went through and it was, mm-hmm. it was lean times. How's it doing now? Look, I mean, that though back in 2015, when we had to make the decision to close the ER, mm-hmm. that was one of the most difficult decisions that the organization has ever faced in its right. history. And I was just talking to some people about that with the fact that it was just tough because with the way that, you know, Medicaid works through the hospital systems in Baton Rouge, it's uh, for an organization, you want to treat everyone. Yeah. And, you, you, we, as a hospital, were doing everything we could, but the issue was just that, and once Earl K. Long shut down, yeah, 
we were losing $2 million plus a month. Yep. Uh, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, what kind of business model can you run where you're going in debt $2 million and you end Not one year? that's going to last. No, exactly. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, just with the way like systems work, and not just in Louisiana, but across the country, mm-hmm. um, you know, hospitals have to also have a business side to them. Absolutely. And the decision was, look, we're sitting here, we're looking at 20 million plus loss in the first year. And we're saying we have to either make the decision to close the ER or close the entire hospital. Right. And we knew that closing the entire hospital would just open up this full range of healthcare disparities no and access to healthcare in the mid city and even yeah. like northern parts of Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, it would stress the rest of the health system in the parish. Absolutely. And I think people need to realize that. It would it would shift more weight to places that aren't designed to handle them. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, and you're exactly right about that. You need a medical facility in that area. No question. And like if anything, anywhere where you have large populations of people, mm-hmm. you need some form of a centralized medical facility. No question. And that's why when we closed the acute care side of the hospital and we decided to continue doing post-acute work, like our rehab and yeah. skilled nursing and all those different things. Um, but it was tough. Yeah. It was really tough. So we made that decision and we, we really wanted to make sure that the community knew because the hospital, you know, just didn't care. Right. Right. And if anything, it's because the hospital cared too much. Well, right? because it stayed open all that time. Exactly. Losing over $2 million a month. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, th- there was no way that, you, that, that could have been sustained. Um, and that's where, where we're at now. We're saying, look, how can we capture this moment? Yeah. Right? How can we capture this moment to really bring to light a lot of conversations that everyone's been having for years? But it's the fact that, yeah, there's gaps in access to healthcare in the city. I mean, I was just talking to a lady at the testing site yeah. maybe a week or two ago who was telling me about the fact that she took a bus, I don't know, I mean, like 15, 20 minutes to get tested over there. And when I was talking to her, we were just talking about just travel and transport and her family's access to health care. And yeah. it, it just was another, you know, reminder of the fact that there's still gaps in access to health care. Yeah. And that's why we really have been working with all of these opportunities that have come with, you know, the testing site and the yeah. surge hospital and yeah. whatnot to really reaffirm the conversation of we need to continue to push to bring more access because even though it's a competitive healthcare model in the city where the hospitals are, um, you know, respectively competing against one another, uh, there's so many people out there who need coverage to healthcare. Sure. Um, that it's not even a question of, Oh, well, if you know, this hospital has more access and it's going to take away from other hospitals. No, it's really that there's people out there who just are not going to hospitals. Right. And as a result, their health is in a uh, more deficient state than it no could question. be. No question. No question. Well, people are compromised because of it. And, you know, and, and, and closer you, the closer you are to poorer communities, mm-hmm. the more prevalent cases of poor health, uh, dietary issues, especially when they're food deserts and things like that. And so it's important. If people want to learn more about what's happening at the general or the general system, how can they do that? Oh, look, they can go on our website, right? Battery General.org. Uh, we have all the stuff 
talking about what we're doing at yeah. the hospital. You know, we have our Blue Bonnet campus. We have our Mid-City campus. We have all of our urgent cares. We're mm-hmm. about to open up a hospital, a neighborhood hospital out in Ascension. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, sir. All uh, right. We're excited about it. It's going to be a full functioning uh, like ER with you know, 14 beds there. We have outpatient, inpatient In beds. Prairieville? In Prairieville. Wow. Yeah, wow. right off the uh, interstate. So there's 24 beds total between the outpatient, the inpatient, and yeah. everything. But we're uh, actively looking to see how can we continue to expand the access to healthcare. And we only go to places where we're seeing that there is um, like uh, some type of disparity. I mean, we were looking at tens and tens of thousands of patients a year coming in from the Ascension area and we're like, look, let's give them their own hospital. Let's give them funds that they can put in to build that hospital up. And then even with our mid city campus with that, that's part of where that surge hospital came in because talk about the surge hospital a little bit. That has been one of the most interesting partnerships, uh, but amazing partnerships I've ever seen. Yeah. So you have this dynamic where the the governor's office and the hospital are working together. Yep. And they are working with us to be able to open up this initial 90-bed floor unit with a 14-bed ICU in there. And uh, initially, it started with 30 beds, mm-hmm. and it was 14 ICU. And we knew that those, those beds were going to fill up. So we were staffing day by day mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll tell you Joni Lemoyne she's our uh, the CNO over there and Trisha Gidry's the CEO over the Surge Hospital and I mean it, it was it never stopped right. right the phones never stopped going off and they were always talking to people we were always meeting with people setting up the deal but it was a day by day of saying look we realized that every hospital is going to be pushed over capacity yep. with the initial spike of corona patients yeah. and as opposed to putting people, you know, in a basketball gym or yep. something, um, we want to use a medical facility where you have doctors who are already working here and nurses right. who are working here, right? And you have the medicine. That was a big part too, because the the prescription medicine side of running the hospital is its own animal completely, right? Um, so we went into the partnership with the governor's office. It's been phenomenal. We started that. Let me see. I think that was April 3rd. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Navy came in yeah. and said, hey, we want to be in this partnership. So right. the Navy initially took one of the uh, floors and we were able to open up 30 more beds with them. Uh, and now the Navy's staffing two 30-bed units. Wow. Um, and that's been great. And whenever um, it was uh, Lieutenant General uh, Laura Richardson, when she came down and did the press conference with Governor Edwards and Mayor Broom and our CEO, Edgardo, uh, it was just one of the most awesome experiences watching all of these different leaders from different parts of the country and different facets of society coming together to say, we're doing this because we want to we want to help our community. Right. And that's been the Navy's message since the beginning. They said, look, as long as we are in this crisis state, uh, we're here to help. Right. Um, yeah. So the Surge Hospital has been phenomenal. We're actually we have uh, let's see, we have. 10 beds uh, of COVID psych now okay. uh, because we saw there is a need for patients who are traditionally psych patients mm-hmm. at hospitals but mm-hmm. also have COVID right. um, or coronavirus and we're doing that. We have eight rehab coronavirus uh, beds open now too. So we, we have looked to fully kind of embody all facets of healthcare yeah. within this new corona world. 
Well, you guys are doing amazing work, and we appreciate it. Look, you've always got a place here. If y'all want to come back and talk about what's happening, make announcements about anything, you're always welcome. George Bell, a mutual friend of ours, speaks highly of you, and and you know George is an old hospital administrator, and and um, and I think the work is phenomenal. In the beginning, when that testing site was was stood up, as the saying goes, mm-hmm. it was done without any federal funding. It was mm-hmm. just a case of leaders coming together and saying, "Let's get out ahead." of this and it was the truest example of the right kind of collaboration and it paid off i didn't realize y'all had seen 100 you said 183 people it was the first day 183 people i mean think about that i mean just the the stories that have come out of that testing site are something that one day need to be written down in a book but no question there have been over uh 2300 people tested at that site wow today um, all ages. I mean, literally all ages from, I think, 97 years old down to one years old, right? Wow. If, if even one. Um, so it's it's been incredible. As you said, the partnerships that have come together between the hospitals and the different levels of government mm-hmm. um, out of this, I think are it, it was important for that to be the initial standard because going forward, we're going to have to continue to work together. I agree. Trey Nelson with the Baton Rouge General. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. Podcast225.com. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. Here we go. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with retired Baton Rouge police detective Chris Stewart, who is here in studio. I said Chris's name on the last episode of the show uh, in reference to, we had talked about this, but this was in reference to Lieutenant now Hutto, who was killed in the line of duty a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't know it at the time that that show dropped that Chris was at the legislature over there with his flamethrower, <laughs> which we'll get to in a bit. But before we, we talk about any of that, let's talk about Glenn Hutto. Right. Uh, you know, obviously you knew him. Everyone now knows the story of, of what happened with him. Right. And what are your thoughts? What do you want to share about him and, and you know, the situation? He, uh, we weren't extremely close but I, I knew him i had worked um, a couple of extra duty assignments with him we came on about the same time mm-hmm. uh, he was maybe a little bit behind me so when you're in that group of folks together moving up through the department you go to training together a lot and things like that and you just it's, i was around him enough to 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 know uh you know and, and some people just described him as a little quirky but he was so intelligent yeah very very smart guy um uh, And I found out he had uh, a degree in mathematics and uh, physics. That's what I've heard. And the first thing I asked him was, what are you doing walking around with a badge and a gun? Right. And he would just laugh. He says, that's just what I want to do. 
And when he went to crime scene, I said, man, what a fit. Because that guy right. on a crime scene was so meticulous. And you could just see his mind working through it. You, you couldn't get his – you'd have to go uh, hit him in the back of the head to get his attention because he was involved in that scene yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. And it just – and uh, when I found out who it was, it just – it was it was crushing because uh, I said, man, what a loss of a, yeah. of a mind, a beautiful mind, yeah. and, and a great officer – uh, family man. He was a private man. Uh, I can relate. Know, didn't uh, didn't really talk a lot about the family. I don't yeah. think you know some some folks are just like that. They don't. I, I can relate. They, they they're private and uh, and you know we I've always respected that. Some yeah. people love to, to jibber jabber about kids and some yeah. don't. But it, but whatever you know. But but Glenn was a fantastic guy. Um, I know his parents and and and, and this it's a lot. It's a tragic tragic loss and the whole. The whole way that played out is just gut wrenching. Yeah. Um, and you know, as an officer, uh, career officer, you, you you replay every one of them in your mind again mm-hmm. when when one happens like this, especially yeah. one one from from your brothers and sisters at yeah. your department are, yeah. are are fairly close anywhere yeah. in Louisiana or something. You can't help it. You yeah. just do. Um, you know the the processions, the outpouring of grief, and just taking it an instant. Yeah. Uh, you know, because of an animal, it wouldn't. Uh, this wouldn't. Who had already murdered up. somebody? Correct. Yeah. Earlier, already in the took day. one innocent life, yeah. and 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 now, um, well, you and know the stories. Yeah. It's, it's horrible about some of the things that came out, and I and and I won't even. I don't even like saying their names. I, 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 I refuse to. I um, I don't do that. Uh, I'm not going to give them any kind of nope uh, airtime as far our, our conversation time, but. You you know what this this guy supposedly had said yep. and that mindset and it's just so pitiful and um, you know my heart goes out to him and like I said the Hutto family and it just it, you know it's going to continue to happen Clay yeah. that's you know we we can sit and ponder and and wring our hands and, and and but all we can do is prepare and train. Uh, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, it, it, it was always a slogan, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war. Hmm. And that was a training motto. Yeah. And it's ever so true today in law yeah. enforcement and in anything in life. In you, anything. You, you, yeah. you prepare yourself and you do the best you can when the time comes. And But we're going to continue to lose officers, unfortunately, and it's it's tragic every time it happens. You know, the first person to say that to me was Jeff Leduff. Uh, mutual friend of ours and yes this was after 16 took place mm-hmm. and we had a conversation about that right but what happened here was really a continuation of a couple of weeks because Dallas had just happened right right and he said that and this this new mentality right. in the culture of violence that cops are you know, easy prayer there. It's open season right. for these guys. Cause this guy lied in wait right. for these officers to arrive. Yeah, absolutely. He ambush. He could have tried to flee. He lied sure. in wait. Or he, he could have get, or he could have turned himself in. He'd whatever. already stolen a car. Right. It's just horrible intentions. And see the thing that always angers me about things like that is there are lots of people who live in neighborhoods like that who need police. there. Absolutely. And who who know the officers and support the officers, and you know that because a lot of those people are the ones who give up information yes. about you know the, the the clowns that they want to get out That's of there. Right. 
and they're the unsung heroes. You talk about, you know, heroes has been thrown around a lot lately. And, and I don't negate anything anybody right. does. I, I think our healthcare workers under this situation and all the folks out sure. there, of course, they're heroes. But they're just heroes that live in those neighborhoods that, that don't back down. They won't from back the down. thugs. No question. And, and and I call them you know local terrorists. I do because yeah. they terrorize the they neighborhoods. Terrorize the neighborhoods. And some stand yeah. up and, and yeah. say that's enough. And yeah. they de- you know they deserve every bit of police protection they can get because they don't have the means to get yeah. out. If they don't so have some the people means. say, "Well, I don't live there." Well, that's not always. Uh, an option. It's, it's easier not. said than That's done. Right. That's right. You don't have the means to get out, and and you, and you know, and some people have a mentality they just don't want to be forced out. They don't want to be forced them, out. Yeah, know? and it's crazy when it happened. Just the that Sunday, and and but you know what's funny is how fast. Well, not funny as in laughing, but just interesting. Right. right. How fast when these things happen, people turn the page. Yep. There was a time yep. when something like this happened, and it would be a bigger deal right. for for longer. It seems like people are so desensitized Absolutely. to it now. They just they just move on. Yep, that's you know? that's exactly right. It's it's a very short term memory world we live in now. And and uh, even even after sixteen, as, as as horrific as that was, it did it lasted longer in our world yep. because we live it every day and we we try we're helping the families and but but then you you turn on the news and you realize that. And I know they can't air it every night, all night, forever. Right. But and and, and but it, it is people just uh, you know well, it's time to go. You know, like like just uh, this week we're three hundred and I don't want to be quoting exactly. I think it's three hundred and nine officers was killed in twenty nineteen wow. in the line of duty. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, lives just shattered and uh, and, and many of them ambushes, right. like what happened right. to McGlone and Hutto. That's and, right. And you know, people are calling him Miracle McGlone now. Well, he's he's a, he's something, ain't he? <laughs> he that is. guy, uh, I, I unfortunately never had the pleasure of meeting him. Yeah. Um, he's a, he was a little younger uh, in the department when when I retired, but um, he seems like he's 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 much the man to look up to. You know, <laughs> yeah. to come back from that because he's tough. I know. Uh, you know, people had had really bad scenarios playing out all day. You know, after that, but that's common when yeah, something like yeah. that happens. So the other thing, and and there is there is a memorial as we record this this weekend. That would be on Saturday if you're hearing this before Saturday the sixteenth. And tomorrow, as we record this, there is a candlelight vigil right. that is happening in Washington D.C. This would typically be Police Week, which Correct. is a national week long. Celebration of the service of law enforcement officers, but also a memorializing of those right. who were killed in the line of duty. So for someone who has never either heard of Police Week or don't, right. they don't know what goes on with it, talk about that. Well, like you said, the beginning uh, kind of uh, comes together as, as a celebration and, uh, of, of police and what, yeah. did, what, what it means to be in law enforcement at all levels, from local to state, feds, everybody it participates. And... Uh, towards the end of the week, uh, and, and there's there's festivities going on all over DC around the mall. Um, folks like the FOP and the International Union and other organizations across the country, uh, police related, will put together different events, mm-hmm. and a lot of it focuses around the survivors of the previous year and current law enforcement, and then it, it, the, the 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 end all is uh, uh, the candlelight vigil, which is very, very emotional. Um, it's just it's tough. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, you know, I went one time and I said, "That's enough." Mm. Um, 
because I, it's it's in my my heart and it'll be there forever. And it was after nine eleven, mm. and man, I tell you, you know, we didn't lose anybody that year in uh, Baton Rouge, but we we the union would send a group to represent Baton Rouge, and I got fortunate enough to be picked to go on that trip. And I wasn't even in, on the board or anything back then. And we went there, and um, the, the 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 New York City police officers that they represented for their fallen was unbelievable. I mean, just thousands and thousands. You don't realize how big NYPD is yeah. until you see that. And I was like, is anybody yeah. left protecting the city? Because <laughs> they look like they're all here. But it was it was a beautiful thing to see, and they have a, a bagpipe. You know, a lot of large, large agencies have bagpipe and drum um, groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, for their own agencies so they have that part as part of the candlelight vigil and it's just it's 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 a beautiful thing to see and uh to be a part of it and i've been to dc well over a dozen times and every time i go to the memorial and i always will um but that week is special and 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 even if you have nothing related to law enforcement at all, and if you if you get an opportunity to go, it's well worth it to see the tribute that's paid to the law, current law enforcement officers and the survivors. Mm-hmm. And they're picked up from the airport by a group called COPS, the yeah. Concern, um, uh, forget exactly what the acronym is now. But anyway, it, they're a nonprofit that look after the families after something like that happens. And they're picked up from the airport when they arrive at Reagan in D.C. and brought to a hotel. Everything's paid for. Uh, by different organizations, and wow. they're, they're treated like royalty, like yeah. family, yeah. And, and, and they are, and not just for that week, but all the time. But everybody does as much as they possibly can to uh, cater to that family and, and take care of them that Because week. of what they've lost. That's, absolutely, absolutely, and they deserve that every single day for the rest of their life. But they, for that week, they, they're going to be treated as special as they possibly can by everybody involved, whether – whether you it's from your agency or another agency or whatever, you, you can take care of those folks and uh, let them know that you care. And this is the first time in ever it's it's since they've been doing it that that it's not happening as Correct. typical this yes it, this and week. That, and it's because of the the of the coronavirus. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was started. Um, I believe the proclamation, you know, with the week was some time ago but it has grown over the years into a full week-long you know stage of events and the candlelight vigil and and then the um, actual memorial day where they read all the names from uh from each agency and uh you know it's that's a moving tribute but yeah it has i mean look i've I've watched it before on tv and and it's raining Mm -hmm. pouring down rain they're gonna have it Uh, and it didn't matter yeah um. Yeah, this is the first time it's ever been canceled. I mean, it's going to be virtual. There, yeah. But it, you know, it's just not, not the same. Uh, no, 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 not at so all. So next year will be something. And and you know, I've talked to to uh, some of the widows who've been obviously here, right? And how and they talked about how exhausting it is. Not in a bad way, but it's just it's so much emotion and right. so much activity. You are physically drained when it is over. And then for them, every time they do something like this, they are reliving. That's right. The fact that they've lost a loved That's one. Right. And we had three men killed here in in 2016. And, and, and really left behind that is Nick Toulier over in Houston oh, right. right now, who's right. still, you know, fighting hard. What, and, a, what a tragic, yeah. tragic situation yeah. that is. That is so sad. And, and uh, you know, I, I read the updates on Facebook and, 
and in and the news does stories periodically on him. And it's he's just, not it's, giving up for sure. No, no. he's not giving and up. And his father and, and his mother, they've not given up on him. And you know, I know that's. I've, you hear you hear people say, "I don't know if I'd want to live that way or right. whatever." Right. And my attitude is always. That's not that's not for me well, look or anybody the, else to look make at a the decision. Inspiration Absolutely. That he gives other people Absolutely. to don't just yeah. you know no. sit there and Life is precious that's man. That's right. Every second, every breath we take. <laughs> so you can't dismiss it and treat it trivially like no, life is precious as right. long as you can hold right. it, fight for it. That's right. <laughs> you know. That's right. So so here's the other thing. So now and I never talk about this, but my company does work with Private companies, as people know, not-for-profits, and some city agencies, including the Baton Rouge Police Department, which is led by Chief Murphy Paul, who is someone that people know that I I like the guy. He's a friend of mine, and I've known every chief going back to Ferris, personally, right? right? Some of them have been kind of only around for a cup of coffee, but, you know, in in between. um, And I like the guy, and I do think, I, I, I believe he means well by the department. You, sir, are not a fan of him. <laughs> and, and I wanted to talk with you about this. And before you start, I wanted to say this. We, we've known each other almost 20 years. And I have always lived in a headspace that is... I, my friends, two friends, don't have to like each other as long as they don't ask me to get in the middle of it. Right. So I, I don't do that. And then I, as a man, am comfortable with people having their own opinions, Absolutely. even being different from mine. Right. So when people hear us sitting here and talking and right. knowing you apparently, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you because it may be business, it may be personal. We're all going to find out together. <laughs> but the fact that we have been friends for a long time and I'm, I'm, I'll say that. Yes. And then the fact that I tell you, I like the guy. I think right. he means well by what he's doing. Sure. And, 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 I, and I say that knowing that I do some business my company does with the department. But for anybody to think that my feeling with him or about him has something to do with that, you know a hell of a lot well, better than that. Yeah. Because I, that, that's, I'm not that guy. That's, that's, that's uh, trash talk. Yeah. I, I, I can't find a, a word that <laughs> it's so silly. You know better. It's than just, that. It, it, it's, uh, you know, law enforcement. And we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, because- I, I tell you, law enforcement is the biggest quilting circle <laughs> in the world. All right, because there's nothing worse than war cops. Because all they got to do is 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 is, is jibber jabber about stuff. They talk and talk and talk, and uh, some of it is is just passing the time. It's BS. Okay, that's fine. But sometimes they go a little bit too far. They get a little too bored, you know. And you know, it's it's okay. I'm I'm a grown man. I got pretty thick skin, but I always like to put that out there. And and I think we need more. And of- I personally vouch for you one thousand percent, my brother. Yeah, I, I know there's that. no. There's I don't play nothing that way. <laughs> In my mind, any doubt whatsoever that you are not uh, uh, doing. I'm a everything. business guy. That's, that's right. right. You know, you got. God forbid we make a living. In well, well you know, <laughs> I'm saying, man, and you know, so so now, what is your problem with Murphy Paul, Chris Stewart? <laughs> there is no problem with Murphy Paul. You can, and, and I can tell you why, because you can go ask four chiefs right now that are trying to pass similar legislation that, that he passed last year. Yeah. And uh, they don't like me too much either. It's 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 Murphy Paul. I, I'm and I don't know the man real well. Okay. Probably not nearly as much as you do. Yeah. But I do believe his intentions are good mm-hmm. for the department. Yep. We just have a distinct difference of opinion. And, and how to do and, it, and how, and how to do it, which, or how, which is, or how to make changes, which is okay, which is right. which is 
that, that doesn't bother me at all. And right. in fact, I take no position on that right. because you're both law enforcement officers or you're retired now, but you both have given your lives and you still in the uh, capacity yeah. you serve are right. serving law enforcement. And I have to and, wear two vests now that I'm representing <laughs> all these. <laughs> Listen, I know some people who we hated fi- you when you were on the job here. <laughs> <laughs> I have 15 agencies now, Clay. Uh, can you imagine? I, so, I'm, I'm making a lot well, of friends. That's okay. I ain't eating with but you look, nowhere. It in public. Is- <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, a lot of the guys like me, so we, we're still okay, in good all shape. Right, yeah. All right. But honestly, it it is it is business. Yeah. It, it is not personal with with Murphy Paul and myself, and not at all. I, I, I hope he doesn't think that because it's not. I've actually uh, never asked him. But uh, but I can promise. I you, will. I can. But I, I I've never asked. I, him. I mean, I've, I've I've talked to him um, a few times, and we we've met in public, and 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 pri- I, I think he needs, in my opinion, to be uh, a little more open minded and sit down and put people at the table. That don't agree with him. I think so, he's got that, people at the table who don't agree with him. Maybe I don't know. I don't know about on, the, on this. I do not know, but right. I I do believe that he because he once said to me, <clears throat> "Encourage." We were having a conversation about something. He says, "Encourage criticism." Absolutely, he said that. Yes. So I don't think he has a problem with people being critical of him. Right. What generally happens often, as you know, as someone who spent so much time in the public, is a kernel of something in the media isn't always the full picture of oh, what actually has happened yes, or yeah. what has been said. That gets, that gets and look, uh, you know, last year there was some things said by some legislators about me on the floor of the House of Representatives, a personal attack on me that ha- it was later an apology was given mm-hmm. in public by this legislator. And I'm not even going to mention his name because there's just no use beating a dead horse and, and living in the past and all that kind well, of stuff. Who was it, Chris? Ted James, but okay. um, <laughs> but Ted was told something that he didn't have a full understanding of. Yeah, and that's not his fault. Okay, okay, that's not his fault. So I'm you don't have beef with Ted James. I, no, we talked okay. about it and uh, we we got past. He, by the way, he just got over the corona too. I know. I, I heard that, and yeah. I I wished him you know well and a speedy recovery. But did I, you I, really? <laughs> in my mind, <laughs> no. Clay, honestly, it was it, Ted James had had this, and, and, and like we don't have to dwell on this long, but he had okay. the legislation that the chief had, and we disagreed on that. We've disagreed on other things, and but I think he got he got information that wasn't correct, and he didn't verify it, and yeah. he said some things, and, and it was out of line. And look, I have thick skin. I've been doing this a long time, but if you get too outrageous, I'm a, I'm gonna call you out. Right. You know, that, I mean, that's just I mean, politics is rough and tumble. Right. What I Full do contact sport. Absolutely, and what I do with the unions is, is rough and tumble, and, yeah. and and I don't care, or I don't mind, I should say, if somebody disagrees with me. Mm-hmm. That keeps us healthy as, sure. as, as, as a community, nation, everything else. However, when you get to the point where you just, you're just you outright lying about somebody's character, because that's and all you mean we the, have. You mean the broadside against you on the floor? Right. Okay. And I can't defend myself if he's on the floor. And I'm sitting in the audience. Okay, right. I, I can't even. Do, and and, and uh, I, you know, it, at the Capitol is a lot like law enforcement. Okay, your character and your integrity is all you have. Right. Your word, and, and if that starts, you know, eroding away based on lies, yeah. that's just that's, it, it. Has to be addressed, and he did. He did. Yeah. I'm giving him absolute kudos. Uh, he apologized. Apo- he apologized. It's it, the most well, a man can do. That's right. When we went into the Senate. 
at that committee meeting yeah. on the same bill, first thing he did, and we shook hands afterwards. Now we haven't had long conversations about it. All right. But hey, what you know what? I'm if, I'm, I'm big enough to put it in the past. But right. my point is. The disagreement is on the mechanisms that the, that the chief and, like I said, these other four chiefs are trying to use to change the system. So not to so so that everybody is in the room with us on this. Not to interrupt your 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 no, that's your, your uh, line of thinking, even though I guess I did. The legislation you're talking about was a bill authored by Representative Ted James that right. dealt with the promotion structure Correct. of law enforcement. Uh, specifically here. Right. It was a local bill for Baton Rouge only. And so James authored the bill. The chief was in support of the bill. Correct. And that's what you are talking about. It would have changed the way that officers can be promoted. Oh, it did change. It passed. Well, yes. But but that was the the premise of what it was. That was the premise of it. And And uh, what was your problem against that? The disagreement we have is the system that we have in place, uh, well, not in Baton Rouge anymore, but in other uh, municipalities across the state is is not perfect. Okay, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, but it is the the most fair okay. that you can that you can find. Okay, you do. Um, it's based off seniority and a competitive exam score, and there and and, and we can get here and, and discuss all the ins and nuts and bolts of how civil service works. But at the end of the day, if a chief does not want, you know. Chris Stewart to be a sergeant and he's not doing his job correctly and he's poorly performing. It's called a working test period after a promotion. It's six months long. And, at the, and in the middle of that, if there's documentation by the chief or, or his uh, uh, subordinates to give to him and say, hey, this, this guy's not cutting it, you know, it's just not working out. And the sergeant, then he demotes him. He don't confirm him at the end of the six months. And that, that's the old way of Baton Rouge. And then the rest of the state has it now. And that requires work on the part of supervisors and the chief. That's the first thing I tell them. You know, you have a, you have a way to, to not promote somebody that you think is substandard. What, what I disagree with is giving, uh, like this bill does, the top five is the way the bill works. But we understand that he's using the top ten. He's changing his own legislation, and he's going to— Is it is it within his purview to be able to do it? it well, he's the chief until somebody can test him. Yeah. And then I know that uh, there's legal maneuvers already been made to stop him from doing this. So, uh, you know, here we go. Off to the, to the well, courts what? to fight and all this. And that's not my fight. That's well, Baton Rouge's fight. Absolutely. And, and, but, but, uh, but, uh, but I get, you know, they, they call me, they want advice, and I hear about it, and—, and and I keep up with it strictly because I'm, you know, I, I'm a state representative now. Of so all the unions. I, right. And I have to, to keep up to date about what's going on because, hey, Baton Rouge is the capital city. Yeah. And what happens in Baton Rouge? I told them last year when that bill passed, you better get ready. And, and here we are. Now we got four chiefs. Filing the same piece of legislation. In other parts of the state. In other parts so of the state. So on the, on the merits of that, you know, I, I'd... If you know, I'll ask him if because I know that he's he, he won't run from conversation with people. No, is if he'll come and sit because you're a smart guy and and just be able to have a discussion like grown men about it. And so, because he's not here to defend his position on it, I just wanted to, to I wanted to give you a chance to say something about yeah, it because but, we've known each other for so long. Absolutely, the, the other, on, on the record, it is not personal. I so, promise and that's you the that. thing. So so there have been there. 
obviously officers in the department are not going to agree with every position he takes. Absolutely and not. My, what I what I relate that to, Chris, is you, as you've been in charge of people, you've had people at right, work. Right. You're never going to if if you are an effective leader or boss. Correct. You are never going to make 100 percent of the people. But when happy. I was union president. <laughs> I was if if I would have went out and took a poll and found that a hundred percent of the people agree with me, I'd say, "Well, I'm resigning tomorrow because I'm not doing something right." Well, I tell you what, if Bobby Simpson ever sent you some gumbo, <laughs> I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where Mr. Simpson's at these days, but uh, I, I never get a Christmas card, and it disappoints me. It really does upset me. I bet it breaks your little heart <laughs> that you don't get a card from him. You know, if you hadn't been in Baton Rouge a long time, you will have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> That's right. But that, so, that is the first time I met you during that campaign. I, man, I, I, I came on your that, show. That was. I was that, making the circuit back then. I you was were making the circuit and. <laughs> Lighting fires everywhere. You've mellowed some over the years. Yeah, now. grayed out a little bit. Well, yeah, and I have because of this crazy virus. I haven't been able to get a haircut. Well, I, I'm, I'm going for the Paul McCartney look. Yeah, from you lost a little weight when he's walking yeah. through my parking lot. I was going to say it must be stress because I know you ain't been to the gym because no, there's no gyms open. There's no gyms, but I've been walking the lakes every single. Well, maybe I shouldn't reveal my location. No, you better. Want, yeah. I won't say what time. No, yeah, that's about right. That. He walks around Lake Pontchartrain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lake Pontchartrain. That's good. So, so if if you're looking at the department right now, and you talk to a lot of officers, I'm, right. I'm sure still, sure. Mm-hmm. and what are they saying? And and I don't want to make this a referendum on the chief because I, I, yeah. I've already said yeah. I support him. Yeah. But in terms of where law enforcement is headed, right? Right. I mean, you're an alum of this department, and right. and you still work around law enforcement. Where where do they say, and where do you think law enforcement is headed in this in this millennium? That's 20 years old now. Right. I want to think that we're going in a positive direction. Okay. And and and, ha- and, and having said that, I sound like a politician. We're probably going in, in a bit of a negative direction at the same time. But but I think that has been. Oh, come the, on. You, you, get, you gave me both no, directions no, no. there, Butch. Which, 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 which way? All right. I think it's been that way and will probably always be that way. And in a lot of areas where the positives and negatives are always going to happen. Right. What we have to do is be smarter. And when we. And I say we. And, and, and that's, that's a cultural. That's everything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's every. Uh, a job out there, whether it's law enforcement or the fire service or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But everybody has to recognize when they're doing things wrong and yeah. they're making morale bad and they're not taking care of their, their men and women, uh, do something about it. And, and, and Like what? If, if you need pay increases, everybody knows that the police are underpaid, okay? Mm-hmm. Every single person knows that. And if you say, well, I'm gonna, we're going to get the X amount of dollar raises, if you're the chief of police, and I, I found this out being union president for those years, and I, and I look, I, I wasn't like some big head honcho or anything like that, but I had to be very careful what I said. If I say, oh, yeah, guys, we're, you know, we're looking real good on getting uh, 10 15% raise, well, they, they think that's, uh, there's a lot to that because I'm – I'm the I'm the one negotiating the contract. Right. Or I'm in charge. That's part right. of what I do as union president. Yeah. So they're th- they're going to go away and tell everybody in the quilting circle that <laughs> we're getting a pay raise. And the next thing you know, you know, I got a problem on my hands yeah. at the next meeting trying to explain that. And I might have those guys been taken out of context. They deserve a raise. Absolutely, I mean, they've, they they've, they've deserved Absolutely. a raise here. For, you, I mean, and there have been incremental raises. Sure. But when Gonzalez is earning more, right. and and I mean, they deserve a raise. We have a problem. Yep. 
Yep. And, but but it, the question becomes How do you fund it? There it is. There's the money. I get it. But and, so, and me ask you, it's you, irresponsible to say we're, we're gonna give you a pay raise if you know there's no funding mechanism set up yet. I don't because that only damages morale. That's already not so great because of the climate in general about law enforcement. You cannot go out there and 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 put a notion into these folks' head that they're going to get a, a certain amount of pay raise with absolutely no well, idea how you're going to do it. As I understand it, there have been discussions about that from right. every angle, and and I know that to be true. That the thing is. In this area, people don't like tax increases. No, no, no. And it, I don't know. There are corners where money can be allocated, but it, it, it's not getting you up to Gonzalez, which is forty-three, forty-four thousand. Uh, I think it is. I, yeah, I haven't seen real recent numbers, but I know it's 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 quite it's a above disparity. forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and state police is is like through the roof. Well, right. Above Baton Rouge and a lot of agencies. So if, but if, do you think if, if a tax item was put on the ballot, and I know the mayor doesn't want to do that in an election year or, or maybe in any year to put right. that on because the way it's people tough. feel about taxes. Yep. But if that thing went up, where do you think the public would stand on it? Because I, I think I'll surprise you with where I think they would stand on it. I think there would be a lot of positive talk. I think so. But I don't think it would pass. So... <laughs> So almost exactly the same nuance, but I think it's got a 50-50 chance. I think it's got a puncher's chance only only because of the heightened sense of awareness about what law enforcement does. Right. And we always talk about we want the best and the brightest. Correct. You talked about Lieutenant Hutto. Right. Who had very high level degrees. Right. Right. Right, you know, not the uh, intelligent, not the subway sandwich right. builder. I, mean, I shouldn't say that anybody because subway may want to be a sponsor one day. But you get what I mean. <laughs> but he chose to do this. Right, he chose right. to do this. That's correct. There are a lot of young people who have technology, forensic, sure. uh, criminology degrees, yep. and who want to be in law enforcement, who get educated here. Right. Why not give them a chance to stay home That's if right. they want to? Right. That's right. And if you looked at salaries and, and, you know, we could go off all day long in Texas, right next door. Well, Texas is a different animal. Let me tell you something. It is a very, very different animal. They're, they're ex- extremely higher paid than us. Yeah. But, but they they have a better funding mechanism statewide and most of the municipalities do. And, they and just don't it, get much it, wrong. The man. whole thing is uh, set up completely different. And, and I know, but... But that's what you say. They 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 go to LSU and get a a, a degree in criminology or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and there's bright or you get the military, you get a veteran with a degree who's you know the poster child. It would be great law enforcement. And what are you going to do? You're going to go to Houston and be four or five hours away from you know if you have roots here in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and, and make triple what you can make here in in Baton Rouge. What are you going to do when you're young? You're going to go. To the money, going for the money, and, the and money. you can you can get almost three times the house for the same money Actually, in yeah. Texas than you can yep. here. Yep. Now you get mollywopped on the property taxes at the end of the year, but <laughs> right. I mean at well, the same time yeah. it's like hey, you got to pay those police some way. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the other thing is you were president of the union for how long? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. You went through you well, seven the, chiefs, seven <laughs> chiefs, uh, two mayors. Uh, well, well, three it, mayors, right? Well, no, you, you, I, were you, I, I left right at, well, I, I wasn't, no, you, I wasn't union president when, uh, Tom Ed was there. 
Mm, so it was just Simpson no, and Simpson, well, that's right, and then Kip. Yeah, because Kip was there yeah, for twelve years. Twelve years, right? Yeah. That's right. So it you were there all the way. Simpson and uh, then then Kip. Uh, I took over as president about three months before Kip was elected. Okay. So uh, mostly him, you know, okay, and, that's right. and, and then a little, and a little bit of um, Mayor Broom. So the the relationship between the union and the chief and the union and the mayor have been, you know, hey, listen, you know, and we. We keep it real on the show, and that's what I tell people. If right. you're looking for the, the whole Bill O'Reilly screaming, yelling plan, I don't need to do that. We just talk. But, but we, we talk about real stuff. Sure. The relationship between chiefs and mayors and the union has been almost like the old pro wrestling shows back in the 70s and early 80s. You remember them. I'm Ric Flair, man. <laughs> I'm going to let my hair grow a lot more be Ric Flair. So, uh, so uh, well, not, not, not so much anymore. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. There Junkyard you go. Dome. Junkyard Dome. JYD, baby. Yeah, I love him. So the, that whole dynamic has been the subject of right. something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why yeah. is it that way? Because. And now Brandon Blust, I believe, is a union president, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. God bless him. <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> um, it's, 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 I'm going to put it as simple as I can, okay? And it's not just police. It's any organization, in, in my mind, if they have a boss, a CEO, uh, they don't like anybody to come into their office that is a subordinate and, 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 and tell them they're screwing something up. Yeah. They get, they get buck wild crazy. They get mad. Look, uh, and, and, and like I said, I worked for seven chiefs. And, and while I was union president, I think I had probably five, five of those. Yeah, if I'm counting right, were during my tenure as, as, um, as president. And I'm proud to say that I worked with, with uh, all of them as best I could. And, and some, some we got a lot. And I'm counting interim chiefs, too. Sure. So that's a, that's a little bit different. Sure. Uh, but, but, but still, we, we got along well. Um, there was one chief that things got a little bit uh, crazy. But, uh, you know, that, that I don't even count that one. All right, mm-hmm. let's just say it like that. But, but Chief LaDuff and I got, had, had a unique relationship. Um, in, in the very beginning, it was it, we had right off the bat, uh, he be, I became union president. Kip got elected. Uh, Jeff became chief. Terry got killed and Katrina came. So this now was, we had a long a learning curve. All of us that was it's, unbelievable. Man, it's so funny that was the summer of two thousand five. Yes, and I remembered at the time I was doing. As you remember, I was doing a, mor- a morning radio show. Right, and I remembered. Right. I had left to go do something, and I was going back to my office because this was right in the middle of the day. Like it was the middle of the week. Was it's, it? Yeah, it was like a Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday about Wednesday, three yeah. o'clock. Because so, I was on my way to a council meeting. It was about three o'clock, and I remembered that day. And so, and I want to get back to Jeff, but just how crazy mm-hmm. that whole thing was. But you know, and and not to chase that rabbit because I do want to talk about Terry before we get out of here. I had it, I had it to mention anyway because I mentioned it last right, week. Right. But you and him get off, like you say. This happens. Oh yeah, and then not even a month later. About a month. About, about a yeah, month later, yeah, Katrina. Yeah. So this was like, I think this was like late July. So maybe a little more than a month. Yeah, because Katrina I, 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 was on August twenty ninth. 
Yeah, maybe yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it was probably about a month and a half, maybe. And I just remembered that that day, and that was the first time since Vicky Wax, which wasn't right. a long time before Vicky Wax. It was Betty Smothers. Betty Smothers, right. and that day was so crazy because you you think about this non social media. Right. reality we right. were living in where the information isn't as instantaneous to you. That's correct. So it wasn't until later in the day that a lot of people even learned about what had gone on. Right. I mean, we talked about it some at the radio station, but you know, if you weren't in your car, you didn't hear it. Right. That's and right. so that day was crazy. But you talked about you and Jeff and how y'all started. It was rocky in the beginning because maybe not rocky is not the, well, the best was, word. It, it was a big learning curve. Learning curve. For, yeah. all, for everybody. Me, yeah. him, uh, and, and, and like I, sh- I really shouldn't throw Kip uh, uh, in, uh, into the learning curve category because he he out. Uh, well, technically speaking, he, he, he wasn't learning curve as a politician, as, but as he a mayor. Had, he had right. never been in, in the executive branch. Correct. And and, and then yeah. he was in his first uh, first year of yeah. his first term. I mean, barely so even a half. It was. Um, I think he handled it probably better than Jeff and I, in, at least yeah. in the beginning, because we had some. Uh, we had some very tense, you know, during, during Katrina. You know, the long hours and. And how to how to handle manpower, population and, uh, swell yeah. we had over. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And and the, the Terry Malonso incident. Um, look, I remember. Like I said I hadn't been union president long, and I called our attorney's office uh, downtown, and I said I need uh, I need everybody, uh, all the lawyers, because <laughs> we had so much going on and Mm -hmm. terry was uh was dead and Mm -hmm. we had two injured Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. badly injured and multiple uh uh, witness officers that was on the scene right um and a dead suspect and 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 i was a brand new union president hell i i I think my the ink wasn't even dry where i was took the oath and was sworn in as union president i said what in the world and by the way during all of this that same day the black rhino Clifford Etienne carjacks somebody That's or right. tries to. That's right. And pulls a gun on a cop. Yep. Gun jams. He get the worst he gets is pepper sprayed that yep. day. Yep. And this was literally within minutes of all of this stuff going yes. on. Yes. Not too far from there on Government Street. Yeah. Someplace. I was running a bus station maybe or something. I, so, I somewhere in, the, somewhere that in that area. Yeah. area. I remember that. Yep. And yep. and that was a crazy day. That was a crazy. And I and I and I'm not gonna mention his name without without talking to him first. But I know the officer that that that. Um, they could have killed the rhino right there, and he didn't. No question. And I don't know how because you know you, you're already jacked up from everything that's happened earlier. Everybody's a little bit more uh, on edge, mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to say he legit, scared, he but legit pulled a gun on the officer. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yes, absolutely. And that could have been. Can you imagine two back to back shootings like that? And and it could well after after July of sixteen. I'm pretty well. Convinced that anything can happen. Anything you know, can. Well, it, it, it's, it, that's that's it's unbelievable. But yeah, we I'm had a, um, we had a big learning surreal. curve in 05. Well, so what's the deal? Yeah. We we kind of got off on a tangent yeah, between yeah. all of the, the the union because the union's notorious, man. It's like notorious. <laughs> it's the notorious FOP. <laughs> well, and, and I honestly, think it, like I said. Don't Bosses. get a T-shirt made, somebody. <laughs> if you heard that, it, it, remember where you heard that at. If you get a T-shirt made, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the OG on mine. <laughs> but you know, if bosses don't like uh, anybody getting uh, getting in their Kool Aid, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, okay, yeah. and and I and I always tried to not take that approach 
directly and be diplomatic and, and talk things out. Right. And honestly, during during Jeff's tenure, and we tell people this all the time, and he he tells it to he likes telling the story. You know, he likes telling the story. But <laughs> That's um, my guy, man. <laughs> we we spent a long time, and I still I still talk to him. Yeah. Look, one of the first people I talked to. Uh, that Sunday when when uh, sixteen Hutto got killed and oh, six okay, and, yeah. and on sixteen yeah. was Jeff. I um, found out about sixteen from him on my way to yep, an event yep. about law enforcement in the community. He was the one who called. Well, me. I was still uh, I was still on the department during, on sixteen, yeah, so yeah. I, we got called out. But afterwards, I talked to Jeff, and, and he I, said he told you about Hutto, or did y'all talk that? We day? talked that day. One of the yeah. first people I talked to because you know, we just exchange information and mm-hmm. try to figure out you know who who it is, how about you know what happened yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. You yeah. just, it's just it's in your blood. You, you never shake right. that. Um, but chiefs, they, you know, are just regular folks and, mm-hmm. and they get put, they have an awesome responsibility. Right. And I always tried to keep that in the back of my mind that they were kind of like me, like, you're not, you're going to piss somebody off no matter which way you go. You just can't help it. It's anything, anything that somebody is elected to any leader of an organization, like mm-hmm. you just said earlier, you're not going to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. You can have. Two people working for you, and I guarantee you one of them is going to disagree with no something question. every time it comes out of your mouth. No it's just human nature, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yep. How you handle it and and move forward, and that's on both sides, mm-hmm. the union side and the administration side, because there's more than just the chief. There's just the administration, yeah. the mayor, the council, um, the CAOs, mm-hmm. the human resource right? All those folks, you you have to be very politically savvy to maneuver through all that yeah and sometimes you can't some like i said sometimes all they're all mad at you yeah you piss everybody off and then i've had that happen a few times and it just happens a few times <laughs> Still Come on. you know i've known hey, you a long yeah, time right yeah, are you seriously you think i'm like jimmy hoffa or something um, <laughs> Come on, man. At least I'm not missing. <laughs> I need to have Ashley turn that, that into a meme for the Irishman movie. Put your face on it. Hey, I read that I, book listen, when it was brand new. Man, I, I loved it when it listen, came out. With it. I waited for that movie I see forever. You paint houses. That's a great movie, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Listen, that. it's longer than the Old Testament, but it's worth the, it's it's worth the watch. <laughs> they did stretch it out quite a listen, little bit. So, and that's the thing, man. Like I said, knowing you so long, knowing the, you and and uh, and Brian Taylor mm-hmm. are the union presidents. I've known the best right. and you know right and and it's funny because taylor's a good guy absolutely yeah i mean brian, he, brian and i are very good friends he I, is I, I, I like what him. you see is what you get and That's it's right. interesting Love because i've known these chiefs and, and a few of them have been friends <laughs> and then i've known the the union presidents and i just kind of stay out of it because well, yeah I, I don't believe in the whole i'm not trying to play both sides so my thing is i'm don't ask me to not be this person's friend over right. here and vice right. versa that ain't me we're all grown they, they're my friends right. both of y'all you know and y'all don't have to like each other. Like I said, just leave me out of it. I'll change yeah. my name to Bennett. And like I said, it, 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 and it's nothing personal. But I don't think I uh, had to ask you that though. Because I know, but I don't he, think the chief uh, Murphy Paul and I are ever going to agree on this issue. I hope we can work on things in the future not. together. Would you be willing to sit and talk with him if he wanted to sit down and, and even not did? Maybe we'll go have a beer summit. Yeah, absolutely. Away from the I, look, podcast. I, All we'd have to do is Clay, walk into one of the other rooms here, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Clay, you know me well enough to know that there's one rule I always go by, and if anybody wants to talk about anything, I will 
always, always, always talk. And we may not agree, and we may not work a damn thing out, but I will always sit down and talk. I know. I, I remember. Look, that's one thing about you that I do know, and I, you know, I, I will say this: that you're not for sale because there, there. Well, there were a couple times, even with the relationship you had with Kip, that oh, I were, got accused of it. And yeah. there were there, but yeah. there were times when y'all were about to be at loggerheads yeah. over things, yeah. and then you were able to work it out. That's right. I mean, not all that kind of stuff doesn't always make look. Public, and there's but, a fine line because a union leader president because everything you know, there's a board that runs the union but yeah. if you if you got the title president you everything falls on you especially when times are bad yeah. they, everybody runs and hides, right. what right. the president said um everything is going to fall on you and, and you have to be careful and maintain a balance you have to you work for your membership you represent your your rank and file mm-hmm. members they pay dues uh they expect you to do the right thing by them and if you get too close to the administration, yeah, then you're accused of, you know, uh, like I said, somebody bought you. You know, you get, and if you, but you if can't you, be bothered with that. Though. No, you can't. You got to just plow forward yeah. and not worry about that crap because people are going to say it, and that's fine to let them say. And then if you if you fight too much with the administration. You're going to be accused of being a hothead. We're never going to get anything done. Blah blah blah. You've so, been accused of that. Absolutely. Yeah, few times, both times. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? <laughs> oh well. No, <laughs> I did the best I could do. I did so, it my way. The <laughs> <laughs> Sinatra over here. Well, you, so. you know, you know, uh, people say, "Well, nobody ever ran against you as union president. You must have been good." I said, "No, nobody wants the damn job. I That's why imagine. nobody ran against I, me." <laughs> I can imagine. So, with you, you referenced earlier, and I've heard both sides of this mm-hmm. morale in the department. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say. You know, it's it's not as strong, but it's because of the, the environment and the times that we're we're living in. Right. And then a lot of people blame the top. And I, you know, you talk to two people, and that doesn't always indicate where everybody is. You're talking about, you know, about 700 employees of the department. Correct. So yep. it's a lot of people. Right. <clears throat> and so I don't know one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I tend to believe because I see the job that these men and women do that while times may be tough, I still think they love what they do, and Absolutely. I think they love where they do it. Yep. Where do you stand on that? I, I feel the same way. I, I, I think overall, in morale is in morale is kind of an abstract thought if, right. when you think about it. Um, and if it's bad morale, and a person, look, one, one person on a shift or a squad can become a cancer. And, and bring down a squad that was doing fine and enjoying their job. And if you get one person, I've seen it happen. And, and it just slowly people start getting grumbling and griping about the craziest stuff. And mm-hmm. that person transfers and all of a sudden everything's okay. And, and I'm not saying that, that you know, that, look, that's just people's personalities. Yeah. You know, you, and, and, and we're all type A personalities and in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Every single one of yeah. us yeah. is a type A personality. Yep. Now some of them won't, won't uh, uh, sit down and, and argue with the mayor or the chief. Mm-hmm. That's up to the the few the the union folks. But at the end of the day, they're they're a tough bunch mm-hmm. to get through to. Um, and and morale. Look, cops don't do the job to for them themselves. You know they're not they're not looking in. Oh, I need to feel good every day. Right. I need to. They do it because they want to help other people. 
If, and there is no other reason. And the ones that don't feel that way don't stay around long. Right. They move on. Yeah. This is not for them or whatever. I've um, heard you talk about that. We've talked over the years. I mean, we talked a few times after 16 and on other right. subjects, whether here on the podcast or when I was still doing live radio. And you are one of the first persons to say when someone doesn't belong on the job, they shouldn't be doing the job. That's correct. And I've always said this about law enforcement, like any profession, there is no profession you will find where it's 100% good guys. No. Nothing. There's bad eggs in everything. Every profession. You right. cannot pick one profession on the planet. That's right. you, you certainly can't pick it in the church. So <laughs> don't get me and, started. And let's not even talk about <laughs> politics. So it doesn't exist. So what you want is, I think, and when you when I've talked to officers, the brotherhood <laughs> is about protecting one another. And if somebody's going to hurt the brotherhood by crazy actions or irresponsible Absolutely. actions, most of the guys that I know and and gals that I know that wear a badge don't want those guys wearing the uniform. No, they don't. They, they hurt everybody else. And, and, and we would always uh, uh, get. Uh, Bad rap, so to speak, or, or get or, you know um, uh, grumbling about representing officers when they got in in trouble or whatever. And, you know, we all the union are representing anybody. The way that works. Though. We have to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They're they're a dues paying member, and they're entitled to the same thing that everybody else gets. And look, you the knee jerk reactions you have to be careful of, and that's what the union is all about: fairness, and that Clay gets treated just like Chris got treated. Right. Under any circumstances, mm-hmm. whether it's disciplinary, uh, grievances, or whatever, and 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 it's it's all a blind system, right? You know, and 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 fair. That's it. Yeah. And and when you're representing somebody, and look, I, I I've been I've sat across the table and been on the phone with people, and they and they tell me what had happened, and they need you know to talk to an attorney and whatnot, and I thought, man, this you know. This don't sound good, but that's not my call. I don't know the whole story. Right. And I had to keep that in the back of my mind, point him in the right direction. And I said, well, it'll work out. And and that's what having a good relationship with a chief like Jeff. Yeah. uh, Jeff and I and and other chiefs, Dab. Mm -hmm. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I've worked for quite a few, but probably Jeff was the longest. And um, yeah, he made if, sure to make that a, a, a point of putting I, I the date that. he was the chief yeah. on. And the it's all the way on the top; nobody all, can get on right. Top. Yeah, I'm going to put. It, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to draw an emoji on there before I leave. <laughs> um, but but it's, it, it has to. Be, and if you have a good relationship with the administration like that, and it's it, look, there's going to be bad times. Yeah, there's always going to be bad. Something yeah. bad is going to happen. Whether or not it's it's shooting like this or, or a very bad situation where an officer gets arrested, gets in trouble, and it's, it's ugly, it's embarrassing for the department. It's going to happen, just like we said earlier, that, that, that shootings are going to happen. Things things are going to go wrong. It's life. It's just it's just what happens. Right. It, it, there's no way around it. But the way you do that is is kind of like the training I was telling you about earlier. When times are good, you need to be out there in the communities, mm-hmm. and, and 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 the unions always try to do that. Um, you know, with, with monetary donations for the department to host things like the uh, um, Halloween. Uh, oh, yeah. The thing they do at, at the department. Every yeah, year. all that. And, 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 and anything. We would always give money, try to help resources, you know, and whatever we could do. Um, and, and if you do that when times are hard, you try to make the bond forged a little better. Mm-hmm. When we do have a bad day, at least you can talk. Right. You know, and, and not. Uh, you know, start cussing and flip the table over and all that and stomp out and, and not talk for six months. That's not productive for anybody. Right. That's not fair to the union members. It's not fair to the administration or especially the public 
who we're all supposed to be working for. Look at see, see this is the thing. See how reasonable you sound sitting in here right now. I am reasonable. Yeah, you refined and everything, and, and that's the thing. It's like, but w- I will represent my people at the capital and everywhere. But, but the thing is, I, I, that is just the way it is. It's supposed it's to the be. way it functions. And so for me, the whole thing about people having to agree is overrated. It's really not oh, a good place. Yeah. Sometimes you just disagree and walk away. That's right. It's like, it, That's and, fine. And, and what I wanted to do with, with you and I, because we've been talking about doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the, everything with, with Glenn, the impetus, just kind of say, okay, let's do it and, and have a conversation. Right, and I'm very happy you uh, brought me on an opportunity to, to, talk about everything well and that's the thing it's like there are no there were no and, and you know chris never said well i can't talk about this i don't want to talk about this and you know <laughs> well and and the thing is i never talk about what my company does as a whole in the in the prism or, or in the context right. of this show but i mean that chatter is out and i'm not even going to get into everything that's been out because it doesn't matter right but for me the two of you guys i know that y'all are both stubborn type a personalities <laughs> And you both love men and women who are in law enforcement. Right. I know that to be 100% truth because I know you both. We, we need to look at commonalities more well, in, in but, everything but, but, that we do. But, but here's right. the thing. There are things that you will just never agree that's, on. That's absolutely Now, right. I didn't see the testimony at the Capitol. I heard about it. Oh, my recent, my yes. recent testimony? Yes, <laughs> I heard about it when I got back. I left the office late that day, and by the time I'm doing a follow-up, I was like, huh, Stuart <laughs> lit more fires today, right? I uh, just dropped his name in the podcast. and so, uh, and so, we. But I want to be able to get y'all to sit down and talk. And even when you disagree, because right. I know you're going to disagree on, on, these, on right. a lot of these things, I know he's reasonable. I sure. know he's reasonable. And, and, and you know, collect- and when I mean reasonable, if I can say this, what I mean by reasonable is I know that he'll sit across the table from another man and disagree vehemently with you and be professional, sure. just as I know sure. you can be. Sure, absolutely. Yep, yep. This is not, uh, you know, you were laughing about the, uh, the WWF or whatever. back. What was oh, it? Pro what wrestling you, uh, back. Mid-South wrestling. Mid-South, yes, is, yes, yes. Is. That is the old school. It's, it's not Mid-South wrestling, okay. and we got to be reasonable. That's right. And look, this is not a, a – when, when I have my testimony at the Capitol – about this bill, it wasn't. It wasn't a shot across the bow at, at, at Chief Murphy. Sure, Park. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive. It was an example of why that legislation shouldn't be passed. And and and, and you know me well enough to know that if there's a, if there's a truth out there to back up what I'm saying, I'm going to use it. And then and they're having difficulties in Baton Rouge, and it should be pointed out to the legislature. I think that's fair. To tell them, hey, look, y'all did this in a hurry last year, and we wanted to talk more about it and get some things worked out. And look, now in Baton Rouge, it's going to end up in court with judges and and all that, probably back down to the Capitol to to try to tweak the bill some more, whatever. They need to know that what they vote on at the Capitol has repercussions to the men and women that wear a uniform, and I'm not the union president anymore for Baton Rouge. Brandon yeah. Bless is, yeah. and I'm not. The, I'm not trying to speak for him, but I speak for our state. The Louisiana Law Enforcement Association now exists, and that's all of us. And I speak for them. My example of, of what's going on in Baton Rouge, which is an example, it could have been going on in Lafayette, and I would have said the same thing. Yeah, 
So, um, well, I'm, you know, I'll see if about about the conversation first and then maybe we can come and sit in here and sure. and have a conversation about this. I know he would like that because kind of like you, alpha male personality, stubborn. <laughs> and, you know, you are. So and it's coming from somebody who is, too. So, <laughs> well, I'm yeah, not, I'm not in a glass house throwing any stones at anybody. But but I want to close on on this and, and let's put a pin in that. Everybody listening will come back to it. Uh, I, I, I do want to come back to this. Glenn left a wife and children here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this kind of violence happens in other places. Next, you know, coming up here in 10 weeks, I guess, a little over two months out, will be another year, anniversary of what took place here in that horrible summer of, of 2016. Yeah. We do have to get to a place, don't you think, where we are in unity about the culture of violence, that it isn't about politics. It isn't about anything other than saying this cannot be tolerated. We have to catch some of these young people before they, they fall into this. Absolutely. And once we have dealt with them, we have to be tough on offenders to the degree that others won't repeat the cycle. Is that wrong? No, you're, you're, you're dead on. And if you and I can figure that out, how to do that, we will be very popular, rich men. Some, I'll get the big boat. Talk about Lake Pontchartrain. You, right. you said it exactly the way it needs to be. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I started in law enforcement in 1992, and I was, I was still in the Marine Corps then. And I thought I knew everything. Lock them up, throw away the key, you know, just full steam ahead. You know, that's the only way to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Crack cocaine was 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 a, was the oh yeah drug of choice then, and it was out of control. Mm-hmm. And and I was going to arrest every drug dealer in the United States. And and now, uh, fast forward to now, I think I know less now about how to figure out the problem than I did then. And I'm and it's not me. It's 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 like you said. It's called and things evolve. Yeah. Along with your thought process, but everything you just said was absolutely 100% where we need to be. How we get there, I'm not so I don't sure. Know, man. I, don't I, be- I can tell you this much. I do not believe in the hug-a-thug program, okay? I don't. No, no, okay, no, 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 no. You waited until we're 59 minutes into this Well, you know what I mean. I'm going right. to, and I'll, and I'll say this and shut up, and you can, you can, you can uh, finish the fence, so to speak. Uh, what I mean by that, you know what I mean. I, we, you, this coddling situation does listen, not work. Listen. It does not listen, work. I, I agree you cannot coddle some. Listen. I want to fix the young ones that are fixable before... And I want to give people. A, right. Well, here's the other Before, thing. Now you may you may call me, and, and as you know, I'm no bleeding heart. No, no, but, no. But I, I, if, and I'm if, not either. But. If there's a young person who's made bad decisions, I believe every absolutely. one of them ought to have an option to turn I, their life around. Absolutely, they ought to have an opportunity. Now if they don't choose it. That's right. That's your choice, That's not right. mine. You got to deal with the consequences. We all make bad decisions. Sure. And, 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 and every person walking this. And earth. sometimes maybe there is a time to coddle somebody. Okay, but my point is. Yeah. People need to understand there are ramifications for what you do. There's that's, consequences. That's fair. That's consequences. life. That's, that's life. Right. And you know the thing about it is most people, I believe, believe that. Yeah, I think so. Because most yeah. people raise their children understand. That's why there are punishments and reprimands right. and everything right. that goes on. That's the way it works. I, but I, I, I agree that there are people who are hell bent on trying to get to the pen. 
Right. And I think we ought to let him there, go. There is an element of evil. No there. question. And, and, and we'll, I don't think we can ever fix that. They're just going to have to meet their maker and, well, and fix, get fixed. And that's always been the case. But we can bring communities closer together. I definitely believe in that. Uh, I, I know we can always work harder to do that. Everybody. I agree. Police departments, fire departments, the union, the mayors, everybody can do better all the time. We can always do better. See? This wasn't so bad. No. I, I guarantee you there's a lot of people who turn on this podcast thinking, I know I'm going to hate him. Why the hell is Young having him on his show? And and that's the thing. It's like we – but this is no different than conversation. This is almost like conversations we've had just kind of talking on the phone. Absolutely. Over the yep. years. Yeah, and, and, is, and you and I talk – just like, like I was saying earlier about Jeff and I yeah. uh, um, periodically. We I talk, talk to you all the, time. all the time. I text you and, and uh, you know – And it's, truth it's, be told, and you can, you can admit to this – I have uh, the first time I did ask that that question about you and and Chief Paul. That was here. I had never asked you before because I wanted it to be here. Yeah, you got me. No, no, I didn't get you. I wanted. The thing is, you you, as as union. I'm telling you, dude, put up billboards (laughs) against the mayor some years ago. I mean, savage. So, so, but just personally, and 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 me putting it out there in, in all transparencies that I like the guy, and I think he means right by. I wouldn't have decided to even do this work and be involved right. in this because if people really knew the story about this, they would be shaking their heads at me. I but, know. but I think it's important, man. Sitting around complaining about everything and never ever doing something about right. it doesn't help anything no, and i'm not talking about the relationship with the department that's business right. i mean you know that's, right. i'm talking about just trying to make it better right right and if you're not even trying it's okay to have an opinion sure just shut up about it yeah 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 you know either either put your best foot forward do something about what you think is wrong right or uh, yeah shut the hell up yeah yeah <laughs> So here for an hour, we, we an hour we, and we, two we, minutes. So really? I think, did we leave? We just started. It, did we leave anything out? Probably. Anybody else we'll you want to piss come, off before uh, we leave? Uh, let me think. Uh, nah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> you want to offer any thoughts again as we close? Last thoughts on Glenn as we as we wrap up the conversation. I, I, yeah, I just can't uh, express the the amount of emotion um, involved in in any time we lose an officer, especially a caliber like Glenn. Uh, 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 Family man, wife, uh, great woman, just, you know, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a friend. He's an intelligent person that, that went and just Didn't senseless. No, no. And um, I just hope everybody will just take a moment. And this will probably air after police week, I'm, uh, I'm assuming. Uh, Actually, this is, as as we are sitting here recording this within the next, this is Thursday, the 14th. This will go up today. Oh, okay. Tonight. Will, I hope, if, if whoever hears this, uh, we'll, we'll pause a moment on, uh, yeah, tomorrow night and, and Saturday. Yeah. Just think about your, your, your police officers out there, you know, wave at them. Think, I know we got to keep social distancing and all that good stuff in mind, but... You know, just tell them, you know, we appreciate what you're doing. Look, I I, I told a lady at the gas station today, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you working. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to. They could figure out some kind of way to stay home and, you know, draw unemployment or whatever. But they're, they're working. And, Sacrifices. And that's that's right. right. And then they're making a lot of money. But that's what it's all about, remembering those folks. And uh, just, just just take a moment and, and reflect on it and... Uh, you know, you know, I said, say a little prayer. Yeah, man. And I saw at the post office yesterday 
a young lady who looked like she couldn't have been any more than 26, 27. Mm-hmm. She was in her military fatigues going into the post office. And I just remember thinking, God bless you, girl. Yeah. You know, who, yeah. who who looks like she could have done anything, just the, right. all the energy and, and just yeah. doing that. There's just it's not awesome. not enough attention paid to that kind That's of sacrifice. Right. And, and I hear all the time, oh, the younger generation, this and that, you know, and I catch myself maybe making a comment like that every once in a while, but let me tell I've you. I've been guilty, but we weren't so great either now. Nah, we sure wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but there's people just like me right now that are on the other side of the world serving their country right. and, and doing the right thing, and they will continue to do the right thing. And I, I have that much faith right. in humanity that they we're not going to fall apart tomorrow. Right. I I don't believe that if you believe that then just you, you definitely need to practice stay at home order by yeah, the governor stay the hell away from me <laughs> exactly please. absolutely all right uh chris stewart coming in studio and 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 uh, a kinder gentler uh, <laughs> version over all these years no billboards are going up next week no 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 no, 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 no billboards was, that was funny not <laughs> yet <laughs> Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you, Clay. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. The most important issues facing our state and our region. The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. Trey Nelson is a bright young man, amazing talent. Young fellas, the future of this community. I want to thank Chris Stewart for being on as well. An avalanche of butcher knives coming at you at a high rate of speed. <laughs> but I was ready for him, yes, sir. So we're going to get out of here and not keep this one long because the show is a little bit long this week with the guys who are on. I appreciate them being on and talking with us. Trey and Chris were both in studio with me here at podcast225.com. Hopefully you are ready for phase one to roll out here because it's rolling out whether you're ready for it or not. And my assumption is most of you have been ready for it for about a month now. Make good choices when you're out and about, guys. It, it does matter. want everybody to be around when the holidays kick through here later this year. With that, you can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, Clay underscore Young on the gram, and just old Clay Young on Facebook. The email address is clay at podcast225.com. And you guys have a great one. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.